The issues and views discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast are the sole opinions of the guest or host and do not reflect the views of any agencies or government offices. Persons discussed on the show may be fictional or exaggerated for comedic purposes. The Roll Call Room podcast is not responsible for any injuries sustained while listening to include but not limited to busting a gut, laughing until you cry, nausea, crying until you laugh, alcohol poisoning, and a sudden and intense dislike for those named Steve. Please use caution while operating a motor vehicle, as the podcast is not liable for any traffic violations or damage. This podcast is rated explicit, and listener discretion is advised. Epstein didn't kill him. A lot of people talk a good game, don't they? They say they're going to do this and that. But when push comes to shove, they disappear. When it's game time, they're nowhere to be seen. They say they're going to be the greatest ever, but their work ethic shows average effort. They say they're going to be rich or famous, but their habits are poor and ordinary. Talking is not enough. You must do. Talking is not enough. You must put in the work. You must develop the habit of following through with your word. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. It's called integrity. When you honor your word, you build pride for yourself and respect from others. When you don't, when you talk the talk and never walk, you lose pride and you lose respect. Repeat to yourself every day. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. If I give my word, I do it. If I talk it, I will walk it. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. If I give my word, I do it. If I talk it, I will walk it. When it gets hard, I gave my word. If something comes up, I gave my word. I will get it done. I don't even have to think twice. I get it done. I will get it done. Talkers talk. Walkers walk. Don't tell them what you're going to do. Show them what you've done. Let your results speak for you. Results say more than words ever will. Keep your word. Do the work. Get the results. Game time. This is my word. I've said it. Now I will do it.
ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Roll Call Room podcast. And now your host, Nick and Mike. Epstein didn't kill himself. Jiminy Christmas. Mike, yeah. welcome to another episode of the rollcallroom.com. In studio again is Natasha sitting in. Natasha, welcome back. Yeah, fantastic. What's up, what's up? <laughs> we had a lot of fun the last episode, doing a great job. She's um, loitering. Keep her around. <laughs> yep. Mike asked her to leave and she refused. So now she'll just be I'm on the next I'm your big sister. Shut up. Shut your fucking face. <laughs> I've been in law enforcement longer than you. This is fact. So I want to give a couple shout outs, man, um, real quick, Ooh, because um, yeah, I'm sorry. This is kind of long. Uh, it's been a while since I, I told you I would get to you guys. So this is shout out to my boy, J-Dog and Schmerlin. He is a canine handler and his... Uh, Dog Icar, shout out to those guys and what they're doing. I'm sure it's a drug dog, so he's getting dope and tearing up shit and schmarling. And uh, shout out to our local canine handler who handles a new dog we just got, Crash. I mm. uh, met him. I like that name. Yeah, Crash. I like. I that. thought it was like uh, Crash Bandicoot or something, but no, nah, he said it was like Crash, like as far as a SWAT term when they crash oh, a room. Oh, and I was like, oh, I like that better. That's so that's we a were nice chatting name. about that. So I was like, man, I'm gonna give him a shout out. You know what I mean? He's a good dude, does good work. So it's, yeah, it's a drug dog. So oh, awesome. love fucking drug dogs, dude. Yeah, be love safe, him. be safe. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple too. Heather rocks for Leos. Check her out on uh, Twitter. Rocks for Leos. Uh, she does a great job with her family and stuff. So check them out. Bree from um, Blue Help, uh, always there for us. Um, and that is Mike. I think we got some fan mail that came in. We did. Um, you know, we, and, and you, and you posted this on online and, um, actually you sent it to me and then I didn't, I was busy and I didn't really read it. Mm -hmm. And then when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, bro. Yeah. Like it, I mean, I sent it to my wife and she said she cried when she read it. So I'm going to do my best here to <laughs> not <laughs> on the air because I'm not going to look at you. Yeah. Don't look at me, dude. Look at the wall. All right. This is from, um, uh, mystery guy. Actually, he, uh, did not, uh, uh, utilize a real email, so we cannot contact him back. So it just goes to show how real this email was. Um, this was sent through our website. Um, it says my name is Steve. Oddly enough, LOL. I've been a cop for 14 years in a pretty decent sized department. I've held every I've held several positions within my agency, including being a sergeant before taking a step back to try and save my marriage. When my marriage failed, so did most of my life. I put more into my work than my life and work didn't give me the same in return. It turned into depression. It started with small things like not going out on my days off or blowing off doing things that I liked. Then it turned dark in my life when I had an eight-year-old die in my arms after being beaten by her father. That night, I went home, drank a lot. I sat on the couch, took my service weapon out, and put it in my mouth. I was able to talk myself out of pulling the trigger and convince myself to hold off one more day. And if I felt that way tomorrow, at least I would plan it better. 
I even made a list of things to do before. Always be prepared, I guess. The next morning, I was on Twitter looking up something for work, and your podcast came up. The first thing I saw was a cartoon of two cops holding mics. It made me laugh. Not sure why. That and the fact that your badges are on the opposite sides, which we did on purpose, and it's funny that he picked this up. Yeah, he's the only one. The only one. Which is genius, because it drives type A personality cops nuts. (laughs) I went to Spotify and started with The Rookie, and then another, and another. And before you knew it, I was 10 hours in. I contacted Blue Help. I don't know if I'm going to do this, dude. You want Uh, me to do the rest? Yeah, you do the rest. Here. Hmm. Sorry, folks. This is as real as it gets. Um, I contacted Blue Help. I contacted Blue Help, and I have to say they were top-notch. I've seen... Uh, I've seen a therapist and on medication, which for the first time in my life, I'm normal. I'm dating my ex-wife now and, and living life. I'm now enrolled in classes to become um, uh, a therapist to help other cops. What you're doing, what you're sacrificing is incredible. Civilians have no idea what shit we deal with or the fact that in today's leadership climate, you two are blacklisted for doing this. They have no idea how bad leadership is within departments. I love my job and I die for my community, but my command staff wouldn't take a write-up for me. Think about that. I'm willing to die for strangers, but my bosses aren't willing to shelter me or care if I'm okay. Guys, keep doing what you're doing. You said it, uh, you said it would be all worth it if you saved one life. Meet the one life. Officer hashtag not Steve. Um, and we're cutting onions in here. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, seriously, dude. I mean, I've read that thing like 10 times over. And um, I don't know, man. It speaks to my soul, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. it was, it's true. It rings true to what we're trying to do here. And you don't realize it. I mean, and yeah, we're like pitching blue help and we're hammering home on the big things. But then when you see that, it like hit drives it home. Yeah. Like there's no fucking going back now. Yeah. If you're a captain or you're a lieutenant or you're a deputy chief or a chief of police and you can't get behind this, go fuck yourself. Because this is what it's all about right here. Yeah. We're saving lives. If you cannot get behind this, something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with you. Yeah. That's not normal. Yeah. You should be able to get behind something like this and not question the delivery or, oh, they're, they're, they're airing their grievances or this is just because guys, that they, they had their shot as sergeant and they didn't do it when they had the chance. Really? No, that has nothing to do. They could they could have changed things when they were a sergeant, but they chose not to. They stepped. No, that has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. This has everything to do with what we just read. Yeah. Saving lives. And it's everywhere because we get emails from all over the country about guys like, oh, you know, my lieutenant was talking shit about you guys. I'm like a- agencies outside of our agency. Yeah. And their lieutenants are like, don't listen to that garbage. You, you know what? What upset me a couple of weeks ago, um, I mean, those that are fans of the show and that listen to all these episodes, you know, there's there's some major uh, retaliation that goes on. Yeah, we are we are blacklisted in a sense. Uh, I'm on a list to go somewhere within the agency. I don't really want to get too much into it, um, but I hear that the I finally figure out and hear the reason why that that is not happening or or hasn't happened yet. And, you know, you can say that when we do these podcasts and we talk about specific 
instances, and they may be fictional, they may not be fictional. Um, but you can say that 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 I got the story wrong, the way that I told the story, but you can't tell me how I feel. You can't tell me about how mm-hmm. what you did to me made me feel. And this podcast is not about uh, diamond out commanders and 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 giving the message. When when Dan from Ohio was here, we wanted the message not to be that all commanders um, are crappy or or they treat, treat their people like shit. You have to understand that the reason why officers are committing suicide at an alarming rate is because of the way that they're being treated, and the majority of them are doing it not because of the stresses outside of their outside right. of the the headquarters of their agency. It's because they deal with a lot of shit internally. There's a lot of vindictiveness. There's a lot of punishment driven um, or, or, or um, weaponizing of uh, internal investigations of Office of Professional Responsibility. Uh, as we record this episode, Mike has up on BlueHealth.org their homepage. Um, last year, 2019, 228 uh, suicides. 228. Two this year, man, and we're fucking five days you, you in. You took it right bro. out. Come two, on. Two. Two. It's been five days. Yeah. And can, can I say something as yeah. somebody, you know, I've been listening to you guys obviously from the very beginning. Obviously, I know my brother probably better than he knows himself sometimes. Yeah, this is true. Um, you know, as somebody who's been in this profession and, you know, I've started fairly early with critical incident training, CIT. I was a hostage negotiator. Um, so I got a lot of, you know, training on compassion fatigue. And Nick, I know you talked about that mm-hmm. in previous episode. And that is a very real thing. Um, you know, and just listening to you guys grow in this podcast, like I can't help whether, you know, you're a person of faith or not, but think that you guys have just been placed at a point in time where it's just, this was meant to happen. Divine intervention. Totally. We this talk about was, it every this episode. This was just mm-hmm. something that was, it was meant to happen. I mean, if it was just a, a conversation between the two of you or something you guys have played around with until you finally got to a place in your lives where you can make this happen, mm-hmm. now is the time. And, you know, and as, again, as you guys grow and you you start to open up Pandora's boxes, um, there's going to be a lot of backlash. Mm. But I, I truly believe that y- it doesn't fall on deaf ears with you guys. I think that, you know, the passion that you guys speak with is just more because you're hurt. Mm-hmm. I think um, mm-hmm. a lot of it gets undermined. Um, at my slogan has always been in my profession, you know, you can't shut down the people who complain, the ones who are, seem like they're always complaining because those are the people who still have the passion. Yes. It's the ones you have to worry about that stop talking. Yeah. No. Because that's <clears throat> that's when you start to see I got problems. something real quick just to piggyback on that. Um, that's exactly, you know, my wife's like, how many episodes are you going to do on leadership? Jeez. And I'm like, you have no idea because you're not in this profession. Five years of it. We could do an entire, we can create roll call room version two and then just do it all dedicated to leaders. Yes. Like literally. And it's crazy that you say this because today, um, you know, I, I broke out a roll call, uh, rookie, no, I'm sorry, new training, new officer, mm-hmm. just finished field training, call him rookie, good dude, um, train, helped train him a couple of days when he was in training and we were car to car and we were eating breakfast this morning together and the conversation came up and I'm like, listen, man, I know I get a lot of, I get very vocal in roll call. I'm very passionate about what I'm saying, you know, when it comes to union or when it comes to officer safety stuff, whatever, whatever. And he was like, and I was like, um, I asked him, I was like, so what do you, what do you think? What do you think about me mm-hmm. from a new guy? Like, how is it out here for you? And you know what this guy said to me? 
he said to me, it seems like you've been disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have said it better. I was like, he was like, you're just disappointed. Yeah. You've been let down. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I put off. I mean, because I tell him, I'm like, if people can't be truthful with themselves, mm -hmm. guess what? I'm going to be truthful for you. I'm going to tell it like it is. Yeah. I'm going to be your, hey, man, I'm going to be your straight shooter because mm -hmm. too many people in this profession are not having those conversations that they, they should be having with themselves. Yes. I'm going to tell you something that's crazy, dude. You know, they say morale is from within. Yeah. I look forward to going to work now, bro. Yes. Because of this podcast. Same. Same. I don't know what it is. I don't know what a light bulb went off. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the fact that I had a conversation with Bobby yesterday and we were at our police hall and he tells me that, hey, did you go meet some of the fire guys? And I'm like, yeah, we had a union meeting. Did you tell him about the podcast? And I'm like, yeah. He said eight of them. Eight of them reached out to him mm -hmm. to lean on him mm -hmm. for help because they've been struggling. Yeah. Eight guys. One fucking fire station, bro. Yeah. That... I mean, dude, that that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. Well, I'll tell you, uh, piggybacking off of Natasha, is when that email came in uh, from, from Steve that you and I both read out, the night before, so the holidays were happening, and the listenership, this is our first year, so the listenership, we were doing really good on Thanksgiving. We were, we were having a lot of listens, and I watch it every single day. Mike makes fun of me because I'm OCD about it. I no, screenshot it every night at the same me, yeah. night at the same time so that I compare it to the day before. So it was right around the holiday time with Christmas. Obviously, people are listening to Christmas music. They're not listening to the podcast. So I start getting bummed because we would go from quite a few hundred listens down to like two or three hundred listens a day. That's how insane I am is that I'm depressed about two or three hundred listens in one day. Okay. Yeah. Because we want to reach more. Right. Right. We want to reach more. So I was having a funky night the, the night before. I was like, you know, what are we doing this for? It's just insane. Just insanity. Right. I wake up. I always have the same routine. I wake up. I take my stupid, crazy puppy that I just got out and I freeze my ass out on my back deck and I go through fan mails. And that Steve's was the first one that I opened mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Divine intervention. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, I was, in tears on my deck. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, it was very emotional. Well, it, val it validates what you're doing. It does because at times when I'm walking into headquarters and I'm worrying about what bullets I'm going to dodge internally or what kind of retribution or whatever you want to call it, it's worth it. <laughs> it, it. It's worth it for me because Mike and I always say, it's not coming down. It's not coming down. It's not coming down. And we could say that till we're blue in the face, but the fact is, is that thankfully we have a chief that listened to a couple of the episodes and has heard me say that, mm -hmm. which is if it just helps one person. Mm -hmm. And here we are, divine right. intervention. And my thing is, and I wrote this down on a piece of paper as Natasha was talking, which is a call for service goes out right now in in our jurisdiction or your jurisdiction that you're working in, and it's somebody that's barricaded behind the door that's suicidal. We're going to go balls to the walls. We're going to go lights and siren. We're going to send 17 cops there, if 17 are even working. Um, we're going to we're gonna call out the negotiation team. We're going to get the turtles out with their SWAT gear and their tank and their robots and all this other stuff. And we're going to sink a lot, a lot of resources into talking this person out. Well, what do you think we're doing? What do you think the roll call room is doing? 
Well, it's funny that you say that because, like I said, you know, having been on the negotiation team, you know, we're very lucky being in this area that we have the resources that we do and the partnerships that we do with the federal government. And I was trained by the FBI, by, mm-hmm. by HMT, which is like hands down. People can have their feelings about FBI for certain things. Nothing touches their HRT. Mm-hmm. And one of the scenarios that we ran through is the cop barricades himself, mm-hmm. you know, and we managed to talk him out. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that cop? Mm-hmm. And that that's like a real conversation that even as a negotiator who, you know, I'm supposed to have my talk him to death hat on, pardon the expression, mm-hmm. and not be the cop worried about whatever, I don't even want to have that conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's afraid, like, okay, you know, he's got this going on in his life, and now he's got to take meds, and he's got to take personal leave. And then you'd be surprised how many people have anxiety about mm-hmm. this guy coming back to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. we've never had these conversations. And this was literally three week, three years ago. Yeah. Like, and, and people are up in arms. Oh, he shouldn't get his gun back. He shouldn't get his badge back. But we have no problem with going to the same call with some random dude, mm-hmm. have him be a military guy. Mm-hmm. Then, And no offense to my military guys because they're, they're in the shit too, just yeah. like us. Yeah. But everybody wants to throw the kitchen sink at getting him back where he needs to be. And nobody wants him to have to suffer the long-term repercussions of a mental health break. But let it be a cop. And it's off the table. Mm -hmm. Why why is that? that I will tell you this, that Mike can attest to this, which is these agencies, specifically ours, you have no idea how many officers in our agency alone And I work on the opposite side as Mike. When Mike's working, I'm off. And when I'm off, Mike's working. I cannot even tell you how many officers have come to me and have said, I'm now going to get therapy. I'm now on medication. I can't believe I'm alone and all this other stuff. How could you not get on board with that? I just don't. It it baffles my mind. You don't want to have the conversation with them. Fine. I mean, leave yeah, us alone and let us do You it. guys have had the positions of supervisor. You know, I'm one day I do aspire to be a supervisor. God, good luck. Um, you know, for <laughs> and it's not for the reasons that most people think. No. Like, I mean, my brother knows I'm always I'm a goal oriented person. Mm-hmm. And but I like to master my craft before I move on to the mm-hmm. next. So I'm a oh, slow. Sounds familiar. You know, it's in our DNA. I'm a slow, you know, slow riser. But, you know, I want to know my shit before I take that yep. next step. So, you know. One of the things I've realized, I have to, if I'm going to take that position, I have to change my own personal mindset. So I've started mm. taking some leadership courses because mm. I've always laughed about it. Like, you're either a leader or you're not. Yeah. Like, you can't make a leader. No. And I mean, obviously, anybody who finds themselves in this profession, they either, you know, they work with people who they know are leaders or not. And you know when the person has the potential and they're not tapping into it for one reason or another. So one of the best quotes I think I've ever heard any of these people say is, you know, the net when you take that next rung up in the ladder, your your view changes, mm-hmm. which I get. But I don't necessarily think that a promotion is what ne- what is needed to change the problem that we're having. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of cops out there who are either old school or they're in complete denial of their own personal situations, and they don't want to open those boxes because mm-hmm. then they have to deal with what comes out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not not to defer you guys in any way, because you guys have walked those shoes, but we we have to get away from the us-them. We yes. have to. Yes. Because it's the only way, you know, our, our supervisors, they hear supervisors, leadership supervisors, 
they're not leaders if they're not leading. They're yes. managers. Yes. So for one, we have to stop calling them leaders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Change the title to manager. My manager. Mm -hmm. I've worked for many leaders. I've worked with leaders. And more than half of them were not supervisors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I'm not in a position to say I've had the best of leaders in my career. Mm -hmm. But I don't use that as an excuse for myself not to try to be what I what I never had. Right. And I've always I in everything I do that in everything in my life. You can attest that mm -hmm. I'm the oldest. You mm -hmm. know, I've always tried to create something that we didn't have. Yeah. yeah. Because it's it's the only thing A that fulfills me mm -hmm. and B it if again, master my craft. If I didn't do it myself, I mm -hmm. can't talk shit about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that is before we came on here uh, this afternoon, I got a phone call from from somebody I, I respect very, very much. Uh, good guy, um, high up in um, the police department, not here. Um, and he said to me, because he listens to the podcast, he said, have you gone to any of these commanders that you have an issue with and opened a dialogue with them, the ones that have an issue with what you're doing? And I said to him, I go, it is proving the point that they have not come to us. Right. And I, you don't need to come to me while on duty because I think if it was me and, and, a, and a subordinate was doing this podcast, I would hit them up yeah. at work and I would say, hey, listen, Mike or Natasha, hey, when you get off, can I take you out for a cup of coffee? Could we go for lunch? Have the uncomfortable yeah. conversation and say, listen, this is the reason why I do what you're saying. But on that note, that's the problem we have. We rather when just we're passionate, it. yeah. Mm -hmm. And when we're when we're just we're looking for people to understand, mm -hmm. is that we hold them to the same level right. in which mm -hmm. we hold ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we, you'd be surprised how many people they they can they can't get there. Mm -hmm. They can't get there whether mm -hmm. it's because they don't understand where your motivation is coming from. Mm -hmm. They don't understand why this is something that's so important to you. Mm -hmm. And they're they don't have en enough self awareness to want to research it. Mm -hmm. They just want to take it at face value, mm -hmm. understand that this is something that you guys can't agree with, and then just assume and just write it off as something that is it's not important to them. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand that not everybody is going to view things the, on the level at which we do. And as I get older, because I'm ticking up there, it seems to be something that I am a lot more aware of. Yes. And one of my female mentors that I've had throughout my career She's been a police chief in quite a few municipalities. She's constantly told me, tone and tude. Your tone and your tude, your mm -hmm. attitude and the way that you, you present it is going to mean everything. Mm -hmm. And that never clicked mm -hmm. until the midway point of my career. And then I self-reflect back. And I'm like, you know, there's so many people, supervisors. I can't stand them. Yeah. I can't. But you know what? It's not for me to, to understand them. It's I work for them. I work with them. But I learned from them, negative and positive, to create with a person that I want to be. So if I ever find myself in that position, mm -hmm. I remember. But, you know, you, like I said, you guys are really, really good with sharing stories about your guys mm -hmm. and the people that you worked with and the conversations and the time, the personal time that you've taken. You haven't. And I think that that's what draws people to this podcast. Yeah. Because well, you it's not just a going the above and beyond. It's because you genuinely want too. Right, yeah. right. And 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 going back to my conversation with the rookie this morning, um, you know, we got into this. I started to peel back the layers because I didn't want to look like I had some animosity towards the agency or anything like that. And that's not the point. So I no. kind of I had to peel back the layers and paint the picture to him. I had to explain to him, like, listen, 
when I got promoted, I made, I, I, you know, worked my ass off to get to that position, to get there so I can make that difference. And when I hit my threshold is when a, when a commander came to me and said, you know what your problem is, Mike, you care too much. Mm-hmm. You just need to come here and show up. Mm-hmm. That's your problem. Because I cared about the officers. I cared about the agency. I cared about officer safety. I cared about officer wellness. And I was like, I was a fucking bulldog with that shit. I didn't care if you were a captain. I didn't care if you were a lieutenant or a deputy chief. If you're, on, you're in my way and that's my mission, because if, like I always tell my rookies, if you're right, you're always right. Yeah. If you're doing things right, you are always right. Yeah. And, and that was my thing. And that was my driver. So I'm going to bulldoze right fucking through you. Whether you're in my lane mm-hmm. and I'm trying to do good for the good, get the fuck out of the way because I'm going to go right through you. And the thing is, is that, you know, going back to your point, Nick, mm-hmm. as far as having that conversation that this leader reached out to you, I would do nothing more than let, I don't have any bad feelings or ill will towards these commanders that did me wrong because that's how they're built. I'm not built like that. That's not how I'm built, bro. It's not personal. It's not personal. It's and not and personal. on that note, I talked to a motor guy, big listener. His name's Mike. Shout out to my motor Mike. He's another New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And um, he he told me, he said, 90% of our problems are inside of headquarters in this mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. And out here on the street, it's operational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hit shit. Yeah, PTSD takes effect. You know what I mean? When mm-hmm. you're like, a rough call, but you talking and you guys carry each other on the street, right? Mm-hmm. But 90% of our problems inside headquarters, and I said, because that shit's fucking personal. Bro. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so bad. Yes. Because right. it directly affects morale. So now transitioning out from, you know, being disappointed that, I mean, I hit my pin. I told him, I told the rookie, I said, listen, I had a point in my career they didn't want what I had to offer. And it was loud and clear mm-hmm. that they didn't want, they didn't want my work ethic. They didn't want my, uh, my morale, my mm-hmm. change that I was bringing. They didn't want my leadership skills. They said it ain't welcome here, bro. Yep. We don't want that here. And I said, okay. So then I drove all that time and attention into what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And we've surpassed tenfolds. Yeah. Any expectation that I could even do as a deputy chief, Mm-hmm. What we've done in three months, not even three months mm-hmm. with this podcast. And and that to me, that's like the divine intervention. It was like, all right, I hit it here, but I'm not just gonna just mope mm-hmm. and be I could have been a bitter fucking asshole yeah. and just sat and said, Well, I'm just gonna collect a check till X amount of years till I get out of this shithole and just def, you know, talk shit on the department every fucking chance I could have had. But that wasn't me. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna challenge it somewhere else. And it, I, it was crazy because it was the same thing when you went through your stuff, you came back and we were on the same fucking sheet of music, bro. Yep. And as soon as we both ran for the union stuff and we were on the same page, like a fucking chain link, bro. Mm. And then we said, we should have our own show. Let's start a podcast. And it's been off to the races ever since. I mean, that enough in leadership and, and these guys are vulnerable and coming to us. And opening and having those honest conversations with themselves mm-hmm. and saying, hey, man, I need help. Can you, you, you know, I've, I've, I've gotten closer with so many people in our agency now. Yes. That I'm establishing true friendships with yes. people at work. Not just operational. Oh, what's up, bro? Hey, what's up, bro? You know, bullshit here and there. Like true 
friendships, like because they've become vulnerable and they've been open. You know what I'm what I'm getting a lot on duty is I'm getting a lot of people that normally I don't talk to that text message me after they go to a, a shitty scene mm-hmm. and they're like, Hey, could you meet me over at, you know, seven 11 kind of, kind of, these people I don't talk to. They're on a different shift than mm-hmm. me. I've never met them before. But you know what? That's the best thing. That's the best thing. Makes they me feel do. good. Yeah. It, it's, it makes it me is feel good because you guys are taking on. We are changing role, morale. Like another role. We, this right here yes. is changing the culture nationwide. So you have to have these honest conversations with yourself. My point, I know I've gone on a rant, but my point is, you guys listening, have an honest conversation with yourself. What can you change within? Mm-hmm. How can you contribute back to your agency? Well, that's 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 what I was exactly what I was touching to on. To do better. Being the leader. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, the first one in the stack. It doesn't have to be the first one establishing yeah. a brand. You don't need stripes and a it's, butter bar to be a leader. It's literally yep. recognizing that you work with people who are going through some shit something's off, call them out. Mm -hmm. You have the right to call them out. You spend more time with these people than you do with your own family. Mm, That sounds familiar. Yeah. Mm. They are, they, they owe you accountability. All right, folks, we're going to take our first break. Uh, We'll be right back. We came up. I'm saying it was a real pain in the butt. Ow. If it's paper to touch, you may just cut you scraping it up. Yeah. Get your trachea cut and then escape in the truck. Smudge lady makeup, bang the tray, and wake the baby up. I just came for the weight like a gymnasium. I finna spray everything in my radius. Lately, my skin been looking radiant. The Mercedes Sadie said I had to. Do you want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do. Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tiers start at $5 and you can get some pretty cool shit with it, including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. Go to rollcallroom.com to pledge today. Don't you worry about what I'm going to That's why you're a DJ. That's why you're a DJ. Damn right. All right, folks, we are back from break. You know, we were getting hot. Uh, we were getting really going before we went on break. I want to I want to just say a couple of things, and then I want to really get on with the, with the rest of the show. So listen when I tell you this, and, and Mike feels the same way. We are not getting personal. When, when we're criticizing specific incidences that have happened within our agency and that have happened in other agencies, it's not personal. What we're doing is, is we're bringing light to it so that you can self-reflect. And a lot of you have, and you can say, holy shit, I didn't know that when I did this, it made this person feel like that. Right. And I'm going to tell you something right now. We called uh, somebody out that may be a fictional character a couple of episodes ago. That's what our attorney said, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it might have been a fictional character. And what's funny about that is, is that several people have come up to me and have said, you know what's interesting about the story that you told is I had him or her do X, Y, and yeah. Z. Yeah, it's the theme. It, it is, can't help it is your legacy. I'm going to take Mike's thing. It is your legacy that you are building that you are hurting people. You're, you're, you're demoralizing these people and you're going to fucking put them on that, on that blue help website. You're going to be the guy. And then you're going to be the motherfucker that's going to show up at the, at the funeral and you're going to fucking have yeah. your eight point hat in your hand. And you're going to go, you know, why don't we see this? And I yeah. can't believe this is, and then you're going to have the fucking audacity to go up to their family and you're yeah. going to have the audacity to shake their hand and say, I'm sorry for your loss. You're a fucking piece of shit. 
Mm-hmm. Do some self-reflection. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna leave it at that. No, I agree, dude. I mean, you took the words right out of my right out of my and, mouth, and, dude. And, and I want just because uh, I got ADHD. So the other thing is, is that Mike and I we were we were sergeants at one point. When we left, when I left my agency, and when Mike took a step down, it is easy to turn around and say that that this podcast is a platform for us to bitch and moan and not make any change. You are failing to remember the fact that Mike and I have taken leadership roles in the union. And I will tell you something, and and this is going to rub a lot of uh, commanders the wrong way. I have more and Mike has Mm -hmm. more power and influence to make the change as union leaders than you will Mm -hmm. ever fucking have with a butter bar, double butter bar, Mm -hmm. a fucking maple leaf or whatever the fuck you're carrying. Because here's the thing. Can you go walk up to City Hall? And could you go talk to the top dog about making change? I fucking highly doubt it because you need to go up your chain. I don't have to do that. I don't have any chains on my arms or my legs to, to, to prevent me from sticking up for the people that I represent, the people that elected me into my position. That's a leader. I'm elected official. You are not. You were part of a horse trade behind closed doors when everybody was trying to figure out who to fuck and who not to fuck. You got calluses on your fucking kneecaps, thicker than a fucking elephant. Get it in here, boy. I love this. If you got hate in your heart, brother, let it out. Let it out. We are cooking in here, boy. That's for my Texans. Because you woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning, you make yourself a good fucking breakfast. That's right. And you went in four hours a day. No, 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 no. That's not where I was going. Shut up. Shut up. All right. Go ahead. Shut your face. Uh, you woke up at seven o'clock in the morning, you make yourself a good fucking breakfast, you know, some oatmeal for your brain power. And you went into a room with 20 other fucking people to take a process and you had a fantastic fucking day, but you're a piece of shit on the fucking, on the street. Nobody respects you. Nobody likes you. Every time your number comes up on the fucking call screen, people fucking scatter like cockroaches, but you had a good test day and you got Mm. fucking promoted. Mm. Okay. That doesn't make you a leader. I'm an elected official. Mike's an elected official. These are our peers that brought us to this level. And God willing, they'll they'll do it again. You have no idea what we did in the three months that we've had these leadership positions. You have no freaking idea. <laughs> there he goes. So on that note. Hold on. Let this happen. Is that why you are here? No. I need you to stop doing this podcast. What are you doing? You're a Spaniard right now, bro. Yeah. I'm definitely. I love this movie, dude. Definitely blacklisted now. <laughs> I'm going to come in tomorrow and my There's access card's not going to work. You know yet. what? But on that on that note, like, yeah, I took a Gladiator. I, I took a promotional process mm-hmm. and I became eligible. And, um, you know, I wasn't selected, which, I mean, it happens. Mm. Uh, so I was bummed, you know, because I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm ready. You know, it's just not God's plan. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just I take it, you know, whatever. That same week we had union elections. And uh, they, the way we do it is people have to elect people. And then whatever you're elected for out of all those seats, you have to pick one. I got nominated for everything, like everything. So I screenshotted it. I sent it to my brother. And I'm like, look at this. I mean, to me, because to me, I was prouder. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
that that is that I'm on the vortex of unofficial, you know, an and, unofficial. And you leader. didn't want to, you didn't want to do it, and I didn't want to do it. She was like, I don't want to. I'm like, let the people speak. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. And it wasn't that to do. You, you don't expect it. You don't expect and, and, it. And here's the thing: is about that. And, and this real is not, leaders lead. They right. shine, whether the, you, they people tell you that or not. This it's, is it's, this is not because we got a lot of fans that that are part of our union, and there were a couple of um, haters that were like, you know, you're using this as a union platform, whatever, and that fuck that. <laughs> but anyway, let me tell you something. This is not to get your sympathy. This is not for you to to fucking reelect us in three years uh, <laughs> in the positions. You have no idea, no idea how many times Mike and I fucking come out of the gate like pit bulls for your rights mm -hmm. for your rights uh for your morale for your for, for representation mm -hmm. everything's a fucking fight mike and mm -hmm. i when we get on the phone with each other we got to calm each other down we got to go listen do we want to come at this fucking hard do we want to come at this soft and the reason being is is because we're in leadership positions that were elected by our peers, which mm -hmm. we take we don't take lightly at there's all. there's an expectation huge huge i mean yeah. huge I, mean, I didn't it. even vote for myself. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I didn't even, vote and, for Mike and, either. And just to show that, <laughs> and just to show that we we're fair, even we represent Steve's. You know what I mean? Oh my god! And we want Steve's best interests at hand in this position mm -hmm. as well. So it doesn't matter. I mean, to us, it's like you're meant to be in these positions. But going back to your point, Natasha, sister, is that I told you. You know, you were like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I know what it's like to be passed up for promotion. Mm. I got eight phone calls, let's not forget, mm. saying that I'm not their guy, Yeah, whatever. And, um, you know, I get it. I know because, you know, like I told the rookie this morning, like, when you give it, I gave a hundred, a, a thousand, bro. Mm -hmm. A thousand percent, mm -hmm. all in, mm -hmm. sacrificing everything on all levels. I put this at the, the, the paramount, you know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. Right front fucking... At the front of everything that I was, I was like, I'm going to do this and do this and do this. And then just to get that door slammed in your face, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's terrible. The store's closed forever. <laughs> this place is closed. Like, mm -hmm. you're not, your people aren't wanted here. Yeah. You're not wanted. You're not wanted. Your kind is not wanted around here. Mm -hmm. Even, even my, own, my own husband's you know? like, you didn't get it? I'm like, no. He's like, well, then you're not their guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, nobody you wants to, to come to realization nobody with wants that. to hear that. But the troops want you, clearly. Because that's what it came down to, and that's what matters, anyways. Because you're doing it for them in the long run. Right? Yeah, no, but I honestly think that that's what was it. That's what made me not get grimy about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, because like I said, it was within the same week, and I I get that email. Yeah, better. And yeah. I'm like, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and exactly. And I'm gonna draw from personal. Um, I'm not sure how many of the episodes that you listen to, but so I'm a I'm a patrol officer now patrol four so be like master officer and i put in for lieutenant so i'm taking the process i heard actually tuesday i'm, I'm is the first yeah, part of the process tuesday, yeah. so uh the overwhelming amount of boots on the ground that have been supportive that have said this is exactly what this agency you know the message that that would send for an officer well, to get if promoted it's on the table for you to take take it oh they're not going to give it to me i mean, I mean i'm, I'm not, realistic but... i'm re we'll be doing a podcast <laughs> Two months from now, and Natasha, we'll be sitting in here, and I'll probably go off on another fucking gladiator tangent, and I can do the top, top of the list. But you better be careful for what you wish for, because on the off random chance you get it, I can't bro, be a that's going to be 
three times harder for you than any other lieutenant but coming here's through the, the thing. door. I can't mm-hmm. be a, and this is, I had some people. Because everybody's going to be looking for you to fail. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing. Everybody. Is, I had a lot of people come to me that were not happy that I put in for it. And I said, how much of a hypocrite would I be to have this podcast and have this platform and talk about bad leadership? And the way that the process was written was exactly for, for my, I had exactly what was. An opportunity. Right. I'd be a hypocrite. And then I wouldn't be able to come in the studio and look. Well, Mike, I really don't care. But, you know, like (laughs) any guests that we had, I wouldn't be able to look them in the eyes because I'd feel like a hypocrite. But I'm realistic. Listen, I'm not I'm not stupid. I know I know the politics. I know what happens. I know that there are several sergeants that will rally and grieve or whatever (laughs) they're going to do. Don't be scared. Fucking study. How about that? Okay. (laughs) Um, But I digress. I digress. Mm. But you I mean, know. you have to realize too, and that's another thing I've learned because I, I don't know if um, I, Mike's busy, I'm busy. Yeah. A lot of the little things fall between the cracks, but I know I've mentioned to him, you know, I'm moving towards my master's in crisis counseling. Yeah. And a lot of it requires, and some of the classes I'm taking now is the examination of temperament. Yeah. And I didn't I'm realize how much anger mm-hmm. is just basically the catalyst of fear. Mm hmm. So yeah. you have to look at these people mm-hmm. that are coming at you with pitchforks and ready to burn you at the stake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. All they're doing yeah. is displaying exactly yeah. how fearful mm-hmm. they are because they, uh, you guys reference them as, uh, I can't remember the term. You, Steve's. Uh, no, not that. But Assholes. Frauds. Buffets. The frauds. But uh, I mean, it, I don't think anybody takes a promotional test with the intention of being a fraud. No, no, I, I agree with you. Like they all are well intended. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of what experience they're drawing off of and uh-huh. what their motivation is. Yeah. Yes. Because if their motivation is to be a sergeant, to be a lieutenant, then there's a lot yep. of empty space that's, there yeah, that's yeah. not being yes. filled. Yes. And I think that that's, I mean, and especially now you have to realize numbers, the numbers game and just the climate of our profession is playing into the leadership that we're mm-hmm. seeing. And what mm-hmm. I'm saying by that is there aren't people coming into this job. Mm-hmm. So people who normally wouldn't hold these positions solely hold them now because they're senior mm-hmm. they've taken the test three four or five fucking mm-hmm. times and they're finally mm-hmm. their numbers due mm-hmm. they're staying in these careers longer because they're making incentives to stay on they, a lot they better. promote fast because they're scared and mm-hmm. you know and they're scared on the street they're leaving they the job. there's experience is being left behind i work you know in an agency where if you stay in patrol your whole career mm-hmm. like that's a bad thing mm-hmm. yeah like, us too or that's the first place they want to put you when you're yeah, in trouble. Yeah. trash. In Same their thing. eyes, it's the, yep. the bottom and of the barrel. And I think that that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. We're, how dare you? Down on how dare you mm-hmm. look at the backbone of the agency mm-hmm. that pays you mm-hmm. and the men and women who stay and they pass along that experience and they show up every day for roll call. Mm-hmm. You told me they have, you know, the motivation, the everyday motivation. And, you know, when it's time to put in work, they put in the work. That's mm-hmm. right. And people don't expect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have to change the mentality of uh, patrol because patrol is the foundation of this career, whether anybody wants to admit that or not. And, and, and to, to 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 touch on that real quick, that's another. That's surprising enough. I was talking. We got we did some work today. Relax. Don't look at me like that. Okay. <laughs> me and the rookie talked for like an hour and a half. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Like it was pretty much all day. <laughs> it was a good conversation. Did you guys uh, actually handle any calls for service? <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Right. Anyway, but Steve. Uh, this guy. Anyways, that that <laughs> that your last point. Um, 
it came. What was your last point? Now, see, looking at this dummy messed me up. What'd you say? Um, the professions and the leadership that we're seeing and the people coming into this field. There's no, there's nobody coming into this field in the numbers that they were before. Mm-hmm. It, there used to be tests where I used to work with HR, you know, overtime. We'd have 100 applicants show up to take a test. Oh, yeah. I know where I was saying. We're that. lucky to see 10. And out of those, one is actually And out good. of those, yeah. And we're having a bend. You were saying a patrol. Your point was that, like, they shit on patrol. And, you know, when I took my demotion, uh, this commander was like, oh, we'll just put you back in investigations as a detective. And I was like, no, nah, I'm straight. Put me on the road. He was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And I was like, I love patrol work, man. The schedule works better. You know, we get a 5% stipend to train. I enjoy training. I can mm-hmm. give back. Mm-hmm. What? So you're just gonna work patrol? It's beneath it like, becomes beneath people. I'm and like, I don't, bro, I don't know. Bro, real where that recognizes comes from. real. That's yeah. where the real motherfuckers yes. are at yes. are on the road yep. hitting shit in the, uh, that unwritten book. Like whatever comes down the it's roulette. Yeah. And and I had I've had I've I was in I was in narcs, I was in CI, I was in investigations, I worked in task force. I've had every opportunity under the sun in community outreach, uh school resource officer. I've worked all those positions. I could have stayed there and fucking rotted. My entire career, but you know what? I said, ah, it's not my couple years here, a couple years there. Like I said, I'm an, I'm an agency whore, bounce around with jobs, and I'm like, patrol is where it's at, dude. Yeah, yeah. Patrol is where it's at, and now more than ever, because we just had a bunch of new recruits come in, and now with you know this re- rekindling my flame of trying to you know get out here and, and hit the ground running because these guys and the girls, they want it. They're starving These, they're for leadership. They're starving for leadership. They want to be told, like, hey, you know, let's go scratch out a search warrant for this hotel room. They're like, what? And they're like, I fucking love this. You like, just, we do a warrant search. They're like, I love this. Yeah. Or, just talking to these rookies, I mean, they get stars in their eyes mm-hmm. when they hear yeah. you tell a story. And it's not yeah. like your story. You're like, why isn't it like that anymore? That's like, the number one thing. Yeah. Nobody why talks isn't it like about that it. anymore? Yeah. yeah. Nobody and, talks about it anymore. And they they notice when leadership is not scared leaders. And 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 I'm a, I'll talk on one thing. So we just got done with the holidays. All the commanders that have a problem with, and I'm only talking agency specific, I have a problem with this podcast. Did any of you ever think to send out a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays email? Did any of you come in and make any food for your troops while they were working on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? I'll answer it for you. No, you didn't. Because I did. I did. The chief sent us Christmas cards, though. Okay, we got that. Did anybody the, send a email we, out? And you know who else did? The union did. The union sent it we out. We sent out and Christmas we waited. Cards. And here's the thing: is we waited for the department to send out a Merry Christmas email, and we waited and we waited and we waited, and finally we said, "I messaged Mike and I said, listen, we got to step up because apparently nobody's going to fucking do it.'" <laughs> it takes you five fucking minutes to sit down while you're having your eggnog in your white castle (laughs) and and your ivory tower and 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 waiting for your christmas bonus or whatever you do and fucking send a two-sentence thing out hey guys great job this year merry christmas hey here's even an idea go into your sent box pick one from three years ago copy paste send it's that easy If you don't want to do it, delegate <laughs> it's it. It's simple things, dude. But, I've, but I've people never, noticed it. Bro, I oh, absolutely. I had sergeants come up and say, hey, thanks for the card, bro. Thank you. Yeah. I've had commanders. I saw lieutenants say, you guys made that card? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we made Christmas oh, cards from you. the union. That's so cute. We did. Yeah. We sent yeah. it to them. Um, but, you know. I found two how many of them m- in the trash. 
No, you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Don't tell him things like yeah. that. Don't spin me up. Because then he's going to have an hydrant right now, to bro. find out whose card it was. <laughs> no, I know who it was. I'm going to go around. I know who it was. It's the same fucking person right. that keeps All right. keeps uh, fucking yep, disliking yep. our YouTube don't videos. Tell, don't yeah, tell. Don't Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Every commander Steve. Every time you do it, you're adding another fucking zero to that check. Keep doing it. But anyway, anyways, we. When did you know, the roles reverse? I, you know what? When did you become me and I'm you now? Yeah, I know, right? I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, I'm usually know, the one in here like, calm down, bro. Calm down. <laughs> calm down. because I'm here. He knows he can't act. Oh, cool. no. It's been two. It's been three episodes now. Now it's like, bro. I mean, how hard would it be on like Mother's Day to send out? Exactly. You know, hey, you guys are sacrificing. You got You guys hold it down. You know, how hard is it to send a Father's Day email? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't give a shit, but just, it's a two liner. It's so simple to just send it out and just like recognize it. Yeah. Just acknowledge acknowledge that it's a, it's a day where you're wearing one hat and maybe you should be wearing another. I remember when I was still on Facebook, Mm -hmm. I posted a picture of my husband who's a first responder with his two children. I brought our kids to his work so he Mm -hmm. can see his kids on father's day. And I had like a hundred likes on that Mm -hmm. photo out of all the photos Mm -hmm. I've ever posted Mm -hmm. because a lot of the people I was friends with are cops mm-hmm. and they know exactly what that feels like. I mean, but when you work with people, like I said, you're spending more time with these people than you do your own family. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't take the opportunity to send an email. Hey, do you those for you, that work for me? Thank you. Here, here's a better yeah. thing. Tell I, your family. Thank you. I read an article about this uh, police chief that made all of his uh, uh, commanders come in on Christmas and work so the entire mm, shift yes, can take off. Yes, yes. You yes. know, you're worried about a yes, fucking podcast. Yes. How about how about you turn around and, and go go get two boxes of yeah. pa- pancake mix and fucking make some breakfast for people? Yeah, show up, well, man. Well, back to back to the climate up, of what we have in leadership right now is they're they're stuck in the middle. If mm-hmm. you think about it, and again, I don't want to make it seem like I'm defending them, but I'm I've really analyzed this a lot, and that's mm-hmm. the only way that I've been able to kind of just like take it down and understand a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But they, they grew up in the, what they consider like the hard knock Mm -hmm. of when police work was still police work. Mm. You show up to work, you don't bitch. All right. I'll let you you finish your point. Cause you know, you gotta be this tough guy. Well, my FTOs used to do this and my Mm -hmm. FTOs used to do that. And we used to have to do this at the Academy and they got away from that. And I think traditionally we do that with every generation that comes through. We always assume it was the hardest for us and it was, mm-hmm. you know, for the people who are coming in now. Because, I mean, we do it even with our own kids. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a kid, you know, this is how it used to be. I think that's kind of the same mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. But they, they, the way they see it is they've paid their dues. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Instead of realizing, you know what? Yes, I am now a lieutenant or I am now a captain. I should remember always what it was to be, a, a, a you know, a boots on the ground mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. and maybe visit that every once in a while yes. just so you can a remember it and appreciate the job that it is that they Work do. They think they're they yeah. don't they have they don't have to. They've you know, I, they're that's beneath them. That's what it is. You know, and I, I sat on the union it's beneath them to wear a full uniform a couple of years ago. And I proposed this because we're having staffing issues. And I don't know if it's no. like this for you guys, but. You know, you I, I propose, well, I propose <laughs> that sar- that sergeants be allowed to work a beat. No. And you would have thought I proposed oh last like starting oh World War Three. They're like, what? And I mean, like, just the look. Well, that was oh. just a sh- that. No, that that just you can't mean, be. I got to like, work past three. Like, if I was a sergeant, I'd love to work a beat for overtime. 
making overtime pay. Used to do it all the time when That's I was a sergeant. That's what I'm saying. And getting to, to know the, the people that work either. The I mean, it's obviously details, not on your own shift. because all the recruits are new and they don't know who you are. Right. Because they don't see you. You're and up on the ivory tower. So. Share my experience. Share yeah, whatever down. I know. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. like come down and un- and it, they thought that was the, the craziest idea ever. I still don't see what's crazy about it. Mm-hmm. It's because it's not, you know, they're not taking any risk. They, they don't, they're scared to take risk when they get higher up. They're like, oh, I got to. I got to protect this little nest egg that I'm making, yeah. you know, yeah. well over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So I need to just make sure I coddle this thing and oh, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to pass the buck to the next guy and put it off on him to make the decision. Cause I can't make a decision to save my life. Yeah. But I think the other thing Natasha is, is we did a, we did an episode wartime leaders versus peacetime leaders. And P-time. what the pro- problem is, is that what we have had promoted through the last you know, decade or two decades is peacetime commanders. We're in wartime right now. It's never been this bad with the war on cops, uh, the millennial generation, Generation X coming in, the the policing in general changing. You you need to adapt. If you're a commander and your inclination is to tear down ideas like a podcast or or anything for that matter. You need to change what you the way that you're thinking. Well, mm-hmm. we're we're a reactive profession. Oh, totally. We are. Totally. We, it, it's totally. so hard. They'll to get be this podcast in five years. And the issues that I see, and especially having worn my union hat more than anything, and having these roundtable discussions with, um, you know, morale. Morale is one of those words where you say it in front of commanders, and they just like immediate. It's like a trigger. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they roll their eyes because they like, think this is this like elusive just thing complaining. that it's a reason for people to complain and they just but how how do you justify that when you guys have the following that you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is and that the truth? like the way I see it is, OK, these conversations are taking place. Mm-hmm. But how about instead of just sitting around bitching about it and whatever, we're coming up with ideas to fix it. Yep. Or how about not ignore it like it's been like has been happening, which yeah. is half the reason we have the suicide rates that we do. You know, how about let's start listening to some of these people who are complainers mm-hmm. and listen to what it is that they're saying. Well, yeah. I got a message for our civilian listeners out there uh, because they got to they got to understand when it comes to this um, that you have to understand that when morale is bad and you're not getting the support. Remember, I've said it a million times you can't leave without trust. It's not that crime is down. It's that no cops are doing enforcement anymore mm. because they don't mm-hmm. get have trust from their commanders mm-hmm. to be able to go out here and say, let me let me do this. Let me let me go out here and stop these cars. Let me go in these neighborhoods. Let me try to do some boots on the ground enforcement, because what people need to understand in the civilian world is you need to research the broken window theory. Mm-hmm. Crime happens when the opportunity presents itself. Yep. So when you don't see cops on your block, that's a fucking problem Mm -hmm. because now they're going to say, oh, they don't come around or they, you know, you stop a group of people. They throw a couple lines. The cop freezes and goes in his car and drives off because they're in uncharted territory or they don't want to be seen in a light that they might be racist or whatever the case or they're profiling people. And they're like, I don't know here. And then the lack of training and then they lock Mm -hmm. up, they freeze. And they're like, oh. I'm, it's just better for me to sit in my fucking car and do nothing. Mm-hmm. It, but like, um, like we've said before, is that when we go into these specific areas, it's because people call us there because they want us there. Mm-hmm. Not everybody that lives in a shitty neighborhood is a shithead. Yep, they actually want to have a better quality of life. But 
the enforcement, it's a slippery slope. People aren't seeing this. It's, it's I feel like it's going to be a slingshot effect mm-hmm. because now we're on, we're on the cusp. Like so many agencies like Chicago, NYPD, Baltimore city, um, you know, some other areas in Maryland and all these other, you know, Texas, like for, you know, you have this effect that they're like, cops don't want to do enforcement and they don't want to make those friendships because they're like, whatever, it's just easier to sit in my car. The liability is lower. Yep. I don't have the backing that I need internally. Yep. So I'm going to sit here. So all the numbers go down. Traffic enforcement goes down. Therefore, traffic accidents go up. Mm-hmm. No enforcement in dope neighborhoods. Dope sales go up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how this thing goes. And and you need to understand and really understand and digest that broken window theory. And we can have a whole nother episode on that. But you better start, you know, holding for the civilians. You better start attending like these police meetings. Yes. And where your chief goes out and he's like, beep, bop, I'm the chief. Yes. <laughs> and you need to fucking get in these meetings and you say, I've got a question for you, chief. Yep. And say, well, how's morale in the agency? Holy fuck. How many times are you hitting minimum staffing? <laughs> yeah. How's your staffing? Yeah. You know, what's your calls for? What's your P calls for service like? How many officers do you have responding? What's your midnight staffing like, chief? Yeah. How many times are you below minimum staffing? You'd be surprised. I mean, you ask your average person, you'd be like, who, how, who do you think works more? You think you have more cops in the nighttime or you have more cops? In oh, the everyone daytime? you talk to, civilian thinks there's a hundred fucking cops every, working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. thinks midnights is like <laughs> staff to the hilt. No. No. You only knew. If they only our, knew. Our, I, when I started our minimums on midnights was, uh, I remember one time it got down to nine, but normally we ran with 11. Yep. Yep. And that's not, and listen, um, they're like, oh, now, you know, because I feel like we're like, where's Waldo with our listeners? Where they work? Oh, people are like putting the pieces <laughs> of puzzle together. I but like when they guess wrong. We have like hundreds of thousands of people live where we where we work. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of people that fucking live there. But yeah, I know we got to shut it down soon. But it's um, anyways. So, yeah, that was uh, I don't know. All right. You fucked me up throwing your little hand up. Oh, come on, wrap it up, buddy. I have a tough job where I have to, <laughs> I have to reel you in. All right, folks. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Oh, here we that go. real quick. So for the... Uh, this won't be weird The Steve's listening. It's not weird. God. So for the Steve's listening, going back to my point about asking the chief at a community event, I'm not talking about our chief. I am talking because that's how they're going to fucking spin I know, it, bro. It's you already know. Have to do that. It's it sad. is it's sad. sad. It's fucking ridiculous, but they're clowns. You know what they said about you? So this is from our dozens and dozens of emails that we get weekly who everyone's saying that, you know, our chief, you know, even fucking Chief Harvey said this, dude. Mm-hmm. He was like, these are conversations we need to be having in-house. So if you're having a problem with staffing, go to your community. I, I encourage you. To do a Citizens Academy, go to a community event, talk to the chief, and ask him how morale is. And then uh, like and share, share and like, go on rollcallroom.com, send us your responses, and take photos of them after you take ask them the question. All right. Go on rollcallroom.com. We have merch now. We have shirts. We have hoodies. We have uh, decals. We got bumper stickers and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, go on iTunes. Give us a five-star. Leave us a comment. Don't just leave five stars. Leave a comment. Uh, folks, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, keep the emails coming. Nick at rollcallroom.com. Mike at rollcallroom.com. Be safe out there. Watch out for each other. Bluehelp.org.
All right, fans, thanks so much for tuning in to another great episode of the Roll Call Room. I want to remind you that uh, we are on YouTube. Go on our YouTube channel and subscribe. We're also on Twitter at Roll Call Room. We're also on Facebook at Roll Call Room Podcast. We're also on Instagram. Uh, we're always asking for you guys to go on iTunes and rate us a five-star with a comment. Um, helps us climb the charts. Uh, don't forget to check out bluehelp.org. Uh, if you're struggling out there um, and you need somebody to talk to, we'd highly recommend them. Don't forget about our nonprofit, um, tagfink.com. Uh, we got some great shows coming up soon. And uh, we love hearing from you guys. So please email us at nick at rollcallroom.com or mike at rollcallroom.com. And always take care of each other, look out for each other, and check on each other. Thank you.